What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports, and I'm back to you guys with episode one of the JT Sports Podcast. Now, really, this isn't my first episode of the JT Sports Podcast, but this is the first episode of the relaunch of the JT Sports Podcast. Now, I did a poll on my channel a couple of days ago asking you guys, would you guys enjoy me instead of uploading the videos individually just to make everything into one big video and then upload things separately? And a lot of you guys said you guys would enjoy that. So here I am. So for those of you guys who don't know, this will be available on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Wherever you listen to your podcast from, this will be available. Now, make sure that you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel, also share the video as well, because we are really close to closing in on 10,000 subscribers. We're like 70 subscribers away from my goal of 10,000 subscribers. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate you guys for watching. So on this episode of the JT Sports Podcast, we're going to be talking about are the Buffalo Bills legitimate Super Bowl contenders this upcoming NFL season? How good will the Jacksonville Jaguars be in 2021? They may surprise you. What team in the AFC West can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs? Then lastly, I'm going to be ranking all of the head coaching hires from 2020 from worst to best. So before we get into it, let's get a word from our sponsor. I want to give a special shout out to the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. So Manscaped recently just launched their Lawnmower 4.0. And listen, if you are a guy who does a lot of shaving underneath, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect tool for you because, listen, my first time shaving a couple of months ago went terrible. I had a bunch of scrapes, I had a bunch of bruises, and I also had patches because I didn't even finish the job. So when Manscaped sent me the Lawnmower 4.0, I used it, and I was a little bit scared, okay? Because I was like, you know, I ain't trying to give myself patches and give myself injuries like I did last time, my first time shaving. But when I used the Lawnmower 4.0, let me tell you guys something. It was a easy process I had no scrapes no bruises it was no pain listen if you're a guy who does a lot of shaving underneath make sure that you guys go ahead and cop the lawnmower 4.0 using my promo code JT's for 20% off plus free shipping off your Manscaped purchase once again make sure that you guys use promo code JT for 20% off your purchase plus free shipping your balls will thank you now, the Buffalo Bills last year in 2020 finished with a 13-3 record, and they went all the way to the AFC Conference Championship game where they were defeated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, a lot of people, I feel, are really disrespecting the Buffalo Bills because I've seen a good amount of people saying that the Buffalo Bills are going to have a down season this year because of how competitive the AFC East is going to be, and on top of that, how good their schedule is, and for Bills fans out there, I got you. You don't have to defend yourselves. I am going to defend you guys because you Bills fans are some of the best fans out there. And a lot of people don't realize how big of a fan base Buffalo actually has. As a matter of fact, Bills Mafia is one of my most supportive fan bases on this channel. So I definitely believe that the Buffalo Bills are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Now, the Bills are in what I call the honeymoon phase. What I describe the honeymoon phase is the fact that people don't believe that you're good. 
People think that your success last season was a fluke. And it's really odd because Buffalo, ever since Sean McDermott has become the head coach, He's been to playoffs pretty much every year he's been in Buffalo, but one, Buffalo has been a really consistent team during Sean McDermott's tenure as the head coach there. So I'm not really understanding why people act like last year was an anomaly for the Buffalo Bills. Let's not forget, they went to playoffs in 2019. They were my biggest sleeper team heading into the 2019 NFL season. I told Buffalo Bills fans back in February, when I did my state of the franchise for the Buffalo Bills, I said that now the expectation is Super Bowl or bust. If the Buffalo Bills are not making it to Super Bowl, then Bills fans have the right to consider their season a failure because... People act like in life you can't elevate. In life, you're supposed to elevate. You're supposed to be better today than what you were yesterday. You look at Alabama football. What was Alabama football before Nick Saban got there? Okay, they weren't really all that great. They were pretty much average. Nick Saban gets there. He turns that average Alabama football program at the time to a freaking powerhouse. The expectations every year Alabama got better, the expectations continued to increase. For Buffalo Bills fans, you guys believe you're a Super Bowl contender, but the majority of the NFL and the majority of the national media out there don't believe that you are simply for the fact that you are the Buffalo Bills. So for Bills Mafia, you're still not really going to get the respect that you deserve. Sorry to tell you the truth, but... There's a lot of people out there who still connect teams to history. Like, you're going to have August, preseason's going to roll around, and everybody's going to talk about their Super Bowl contenders, and nobody's going to talk about Buffalo because everybody's going to think about the history of Buffalo. And that's the problem that I have with a lot of people with how they cover the NFL. They judge teams and how good they're going to be based on what they did in the past. But people don't realize that in the NFL, the sport is always changing. The same teams that were bad last year, those same teams may not be bad this year. They may be good. The same teams that were good last year in 2020 may be bad in 2021. In sports, things always change. There's always a team that goes from last to the bottom. There's always a team that could be at the top and then find their way to fall off to the bottom. People are stuck on Buffalo not being a Super Bowl contender because they're just so they're just not believing in the Buffalo Bills roster. Everybody's just so stuck on the past. And I try to tell people, look at the current roster that the Buffalo Bills have. The Buffalo Bills have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And when you look at the development of Josh Allen, on top of that, you have Stephon Diggs. You have a pretty good offensive line. You have a really good defense. Like, Buffalo, to me, is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I'm still not understanding why people still consider Buffalo frauds. Now, another reason why people aren't that high on Buffalo, why people feel like Buffalo can take a step back, is because the competition in the division got better. Okay, just because the competition in the division got better doesn't mean Buffalo got worse. There's nothing wrong with being in a competitive division and having a great schedule. People think just because a good team has a tough schedule that they're somehow going to regress as a team. They still have a lot of talent. Just because a team has a tougher schedule doesn't mean they regress talent-wise. The talent is still there. That's what a lot of people don't seem to grasp the concept of. The thing is that the wins aren't going to be as easier 
this season as they were last year but if Buffalo is able to win the AFC East again I think that should show you that this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender now I told Buffalo Bills fans this last year I said listen 2020 may be a down year for New England and then when it happened I said okay I was wrong but I promise you that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots dynasty is far from over they're going to come back remember in Star Wars every time we think Palpatine is done for he finds a way to re-emerge in the scene that's what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are they're essentially Palpatine so I knew that the Patriots were going to come back swinging this season. They have a really good roster. You also got Miami there. But I still think Buffalo has a really good chance of winning the AFC East. Like, just because the division got tougher doesn't mean Buffalo got worse. That's what a lot of people fail to realize. The games just aren't going to be as easier this year as they were back in 2020 for Buffalo. But this still doesn't take away from the fact that this is a team that is more capable of winning a Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, I think they have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than guys like the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots. Like, there's a lot of people out there who I feel are overrating the Miami Dolphins. Just a tad bit. They don't have a great offensive line. Their offensive line is really young and still developing. They have questions at linebacker and they have questions at safety. So the Miami Dolphins are far from being a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. Now you look at New England, of course, we know New England, they're not gonna go, they're not gonna go out without a fight. They have a great coaching staff and their roster is really good. It's way better than what it was last year. But I still feel like Buffalo should be the front runner to win the AFC East. Just because the division gets tougher doesn't mean Buffalo gets worse as a team. The talent's still there. Now for Buffalo, are you going to be able to have a pass rush? If Buffalo can get that pass rush going this year, will Gregory Russo have a guy like AJ Epinesa break out? Then this team is definitely... Definitely want to make a serious run for the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, I think behind the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills have the second best chance of representing the AFC in the upcoming Super Bowl this year behind Kansas City, which is me essentially saying that I believe the Bills are the second best team in the AFC. Now, with the schedule being difficult, I still feel like Buffalo should win anywhere between 12 to 13 games this year. This is still a really good team. This is one of the best overall rosters in the NFL. People are hesitant to consider the Buffalo Bills a Super Bowl contender because they're just so hell-bent on buying in and looking back in the past. Stop looking at the freaking past and look at the task at hand. This is a really good football team. This is definitely a football team that I feel is being highly disrespected by a lot of guys in the national media and by a lot of you non-Buffalo Bills fans out there. I don't understand why a team playing a tough schedule makes it seem like the team is just going to be worse. The talent's still there. Like, if you have a really good team, it doesn't matter who you play, you're still going to be able to win. Like, people act like the NFL is supposed to be a cakewalk. That's why I don't really talk that much about the schedule releases and things like that. Because everybody grades the strength of schedules. But, to be honest... How can you really grade which team has the toughest schedules? Because you don't know which teams are going to be good this year. They're going based off win percentages of last season. Not this season because the season hasn't even started yet. Like, the Steelers right now have the toughest schedule in the NFL. According to what happened last season. 
But they could end up having the toughest schedule in the NFL this year to start off, and they could end up having the easiest schedule, depending on how good those teams they play perform, because the NFL is always changing. Stop looking at things in the past and look forward to the present. I see a Buffalo Bills team that is more than capable of being able to compete for a Super Bowl, and I strongly don't understand why Buffalo is being so much, being so disrespected. Like, another thing why Buffalo probably won't get the recognition they deserve about how good of a team they have this year is because they're a small market team. They're in Buffalo. Nobody really, unless you're a Bills fan, nobody really wants to watch the Buffalo Bills play in a bunch of primetime games, which is the reason why we don't really see Buffalo in a lot of primetime games. And even this year, Buffalo still doesn't have as many primetime games as they deserve because nobody really pays attention to Buffalo. Like, there were a couple of months ago that I was watching a show on ESPN and the guys didn't even know the roster. They were naming guys on Buffalo's rosters from two years ago who don't even play for Buffalo. So the national media is really disrespecting the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia, you don't have nothing to be ashamed about. You have the right to believe that Buffalo has a legitimate shot to contend for a Super Bowl. You have the right to believe that the Buffalo Bills can win the Super Bowl this year. And no, you're not being delusional. No, you're not being an overly optimistic fan. This is the level of expectation that's expected out of the Buffalo Bills now. And I said this a couple of months ago back in February when I did my state of the franchise for the Buffalo Bills. The expectation for Buffalo now isn't just to get to playoffs. The expectation for Buffalo now is to win a Super Bowl. Anything other than that is a disappointment. The expectations in Buffalo have risen. If you're a Bills fan now, you shouldn't be happy to make it to the playoffs in a year because that should be expected. You should expect to make it to the playoffs every year. You should expect to win double-digit games. You should expect to win the AFC East. Expectations have risen. They've grown. You're not the Buffalo Bills from 10 years ago. You're not the Buffalo Bills that lost four straight two bowls in a row at one point. Nobody cares about your history anymore. All people should be looking forward to now is how good of a team you're going to have this upcoming season. And that's what a lot of people really don't realize about Buffalo. That's why I had to come on here and defend Buffalo. Bills Mafia, if you believe that the Buffalo Bills have a chance to win the Super Bowl, I believe you. And you have every right to believe that. I don't understand why people think just because the division gets tougher or a team has a tough schedule, that that just means that they just regress as a team like the talent isn't there. If you have a talented football team, it doesn't matter how tough a schedule you have, you're still going to win games, you're still going to make it to the playoffs. I've never seen a talented team with a good coaching staff miss the playoffs because they played a tough schedule. If you ask me, every game in the NFL is hard. This not this is not college football. Yeah, you may have a couple of teams that you can guarantee a victory against like Philadelphia or Houston, but on any given Sunday, an upset can happen. So I don't understand why people don't believe that the Buffalo Bills are legitimate Super Bowl contenders and that they possibly will regress. I understand the division got better, but just because the overall competition got better doesn't mean the Buffalo Bills got worse as a team. The talent is still there. So now let's segue to this. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I strongly believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to surprise a lot of people this season. 
Now, I am not a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I'm not drinking no Kool-Aid. I'm not being delusional or nothing like that. Listen, I live in the city of Jacksonville. Trust me. I don't really pay that attention to Jacksonville. When it comes to the football team, I don't pay attention to the Jaguars all that much. And there are a bunch of friends that I have around in my circle who are huge Jaguar fans. And I've been telling them, I've been saying, listen, when I look at this Jacksonville Jaguars roster, I see a really good football team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make it to the playoffs. But what I am saying is that I definitely cannot see this team picking in the top three or top five in the 2022 NFL Draft next year. I believe that this team is going to be really competitive. And they're going to be in a lot of close games, okay? Offensively, you have a pretty good offensive line. Last year, the offensive line had some concerns because they couldn't stay healthy. But when the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line is fully healthy, this is a pretty solid unit. Then you got DJ Charles. You got LaVisco Chenault. You have a really good group of wide receivers. On top of that, you add Marvin Jones and free agency. Then you have what should be a pretty talented one-two punch at the halfback position with James Robinson, who was the best rookie halfback last year, and Travis Etienne, the rookie out of Clemson. Then you have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. So for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, this should be a pretty solid attack. You can run the football effectively. You also can have success throwing the football through the air. Now defensively, your biggest concern is what kind of production... Are you going to get out of the interior of your defensive line? In particular, I'm talking about what are you going to get from the nose tackle and defensive tackle position? Is Devon Hamilton going to be able to step up? Is Tavian Bryan finally going to be able to play up to the level that he was drafted in the first round a couple of years back? You got Malcolm Brown. Then, on top of that, how's the pass rush going to look? Josh Allen missed eight games last year. Caleb Von Chasen had a really disappointing rookie season last year. Now, for the rest of the defense, it's pretty good. The linebacker unit has a lot of depth there. You got Miles Jack, you got Shaq Cordman, you got Dakota Allen, you got Joe Schobert, who had a really nice year for Jacksonville. You got rookie Dylan Moses, who was an undrafted rookie for agent. Cornerback was a big hole for Jacksonville last year because they had a lot of injuries they basically had guys off the street playing corner for the Jaguars you basically could have gave me some pass the chin strap in the helmet and tell me to go to the out there and play corner we could have made it happen I'm only like what 15 minutes away from TIA Bank Field I could have put on I could have you know, I could have did something. I could have played, you know, I don't think I could have did any worse than the corners they had on there because they literally had guys off the street playing corner last year for Jacksonville. And no, I'm not saying that to be funny. And no, that's not a metaphor. That is the God honest truth. Now, you bring in Tyson Campbell, rookie out of Georgia in the second round. You got Trey Hearn. Then you got C.J. Henderson, who C.J. Henderson was the third best rookie corner last year. But... He wasn't able to stay healthy, so injuries really held him back. Then you have Shaquille Griffin. Now, I'm not really all that high on Shaquille Griffin. I'm not a big Shaquille Griffin fan. I feel like he's a tad bit overrated because he's really inconsistent, but I do think he definitely will improve the secondary. So you probably will have Tyson, Tyson Campbell at slot. You'll have Shaquille Griffin and C.J. Henderson as your outside corners. Now, safety is another 
um, position of concern, okay? You got rookie Andre Sisco, who I think should be able to win that starting free safety job. If not, I think you can't go wrong with Andrew Wingard or Rashawn Jenkins. Then at the strong safety spot is going to be between Rudy Ford and Gerard Wilson there. I like Gerard Wilson to win that job. So the Jacksonville Jaguars overall, this is a really solid roster. This is a really solid team. And if Urban Myers lives up to the hype that everybody has for him when he first got hired initially by the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of months, this should be a team that should be really competitive. And this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they found the way to sneak into the playoffs as a seventh seed. You're looking at a division that isn't really all that tough really you got houston who's pretty much there at the bottom you got tennessee and indianapolis which those are pretty two good teams but i definitely feel like jacksonville's roster is definitely way better than what a lot of you guys are expecting it to be a lot of you guys think that jacksonville is going to be one of the worst teams in the nfl and i could be wrong i'm not saying everything i say is always right but based on what i've seen out of jacksonville from a roster standpoint and the team they have assembled I strongly doubt that this team will be picking in the top five next year. And if they are, then I think Urban Meyer most definitely should end up getting replaced because there's no reason why this team cannot have a winning record this year. There's no reason why this team should not be competitive. Like, even if the Jacksonville Jaguars do have a season where they only win like six, seven games, I expect them to be in a lot of one-possession games. I expect them to be in a lot of games that should only come down to a touchdown or less. And if Jacksonville Jaguars lose a good amount of their games, I expect those losses to be decided by a touchdown. So, for Jacksonville, I think this may be the best team that Jacksonville has put on the field in a very long time. Now, it's probably not as good as that AFC, champ- that AFC championship appearance Jacksonville Jaguars team was. But even then, nobody's really expecting that much out of that team. That team didn't really have that much talent offensively, aside from Leonard Fournette and that talented defense they had. But I really think that this is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that is one of the best teams that Jacksonville has had in a very long time. Not counting that 27 season or 2018 I forgot what year it was I think it was either 2018 or 2017 I can't remember but I think this is one of the best teams that the Jaguars have had in a while and I expect this team to be fairly competitive and I'm not really a guy who's really high on Jacksonville remember I live in the city of Jacksonville so I don't have to hype up Jacksonville I'm not a Jaguars fan you guys know who I'm a fan of and you see it back in the background there I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan but I do recognize solid compared to football teams when I see one and that's what I see in Jacksonville I definitely think that the Jaguars are going to be a lot better than what a lot of people expect let's move on to the AFC West what team can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC West in 2021 now you look at Kansas City Kansas City is an absolute juggernaut nobody like This team lost in the Super Bowl with a not-so-great offensive line. So what did they do? Well, they free up some cap space. You get a couple of players who rework their contract, and they improve the offensive line. You upgrade your offensive guard position with Joe Thune. You find the center. Like, this offensive line for Kansas City is going to be one of the best in the NFL this year. And there's no reason why you should not believe that Kansas City can appear in a third straight Super Bowl in 2021. Now, who's going to be the second best team in this division? You got the LA Chargers. You got the Las Vegas Raiders. 
and you have the Denver Broncos. Now, let me make this clear. I feel like the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders all have teams that are capable of making it to the playoffs. These are all teams that have playoff caliber rosters. But not all four teams from the AFC West are going to make it to the playoffs, are they? So, you look at the Chargers. The Chargers bring in Brandon Staley as their head coach. Now, Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator for the LA Rams last year. The Rams defense went from average to the best in the NFL under Brandon Staley in under one year. You're looking at the Chargers team that has a lot of talent on the defense side of football. You have Darren James coming back. He didn't play last year. You have a decent secondary, and your pass rush should be pretty good. Because Bosa missed a handful of games last year. He had seven and a half sacks still. So for the Chargers, my biggest issue defensively is probably going to be what kind of production are you going to get there at linebacker? But the Chargers lost a lot of games last year because of the defense. So now you bring in a defensive-minded coach who can come in and win those tight games without the defense folding. I think that's definitely going to boost the Chargers' chances of making it to the playoffs. And we definitely don't even we don't even need to talk about how good this offense is going to be with Justin Herbert going into his second year. Justin Herbert is coming off the greatest rookie season for a rookie quarterback in NFL history. And he didn't even start in all 16 NFL games. So I think that this is a Chargers offense that probably should be in the top 10 or they probably should be in the top 12. You have Austin Eckler there, who a lot of people doubt Austin Eckler's ability to be a RB1. And I'm right along with them because you don't know if he's going to be able to be healthy. So if he can stay healthy, I'm praying that he can because I plan on drafting him in my fantasy football leagues this year. But if he can stay healthy, then you should have that run game solidified compared to how it was last year when Austin Eckler wasn't on the field. Now the offensive line has improved. You bring in Rashawn Slater in the draft. You also bring in Corey Lindsley, center from the Green Bay Packers in free agency. So that offensive line is definitely going to be better this season than what it was was last year now the wide receiver position is really good you got a lot of depth there you got Mike Williams you got Keenan Allen you got Jalen Guy and like I saw a Chargers fan on the Bleach Report app in a community tab suggest that the Chargers should trade wide receiver Mike Williams and a lot of Chargers fans got on him he pretty much got ratio because a lot of people said Mike Williams makes a lot of big catches for the Chargers and he makes a lot of difficult catches like this dude Mike Williams puts his body on the line so how dare he disrespect Mike Williams like that now you lost Hunter Henry in for agency okay so tied in will be a little bit of an area of concern, but hopefully Jared Cook still has a little bit left in the tank that he can give you a productive season from that tight end position. Now, overall, I really like the Chargers a lot. Then you got the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders are what you call an enigma. You don't know what you're going to get because the Raiders always start the season out really strong. But when the real football season begins after Thanksgiving in the month of November... The Raiders crumble. They fall apart. So for the Raiders, if you are a Raiders fan, you know that this team can make it to the playoffs. You've seen it last year. The question is, are you going to be able to be consistent all the way throughout the year? Now, the Raiders defense was awful last year. The Raiders defense, like the Chargers, costed them a handful of games. 
Now you have Gus Bradley as your defensive coordinator. I think Gus Bradley isn't bad, but you know I felt like they could have did a little bit better in that area. But they did spend a good amount of their draft picks improving that secondary you're also looking to improve the linebacker position as well now can they have a pass rush because that pass rush last year was a giant disappointment Max Crosby had 10 sacks as a rookie in his previous year back in 2019 he didn't even come close to having the amount of success he had his rookie season and 2020 I was really disappointed I'm still really disappointed in Cleveland Farrell he looks to be a bust right now so how good is your defensive line going to be? Is your defensive line going to be able to help out your secondary and get pressure on the quarterback? Now, they do have a lot of depth at their two tackle spots, at nose and D tackle. So there's a bunch of talent there. The question is, is it going to be able to come together and is it going to be able to materialize? Second thing is, are the Raiders finally going to be able to have a good secondary? Not just a good secondary, like, is this secondary going to be improved? Like, the Raiders don't need to have a great defense to make to the playoffs. All you are hoping for, if you are a Raiders fan, is that this defense can at least be average. That's what you're hoping for. So if the Raiders can have a defense that's at least 20th in the NFL or, like, 17th in the NFL, you should be really happy. So for the Raiders, the defense is a big question, in particular the secondary, because you spent a lot of draft capital improving that secondary. You also spent a lot of money in free agency over the last couple of years trying to improve that secondary, and so far it hasn't really worked out. So the Raiders, I guess we're just going to keep on swinging until they're able to get it right. Now you do have Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen is probably the best defensive back that they have on the roster. Jonathan Abram is really good too when he's on the field but he can't stay healthy so for the Raiders this secondary is probably going to be the deciding factor in how good this defense is going to be is this defense going to crumble or is this defense going to end up being as good as I expected to be at least being an average defense at best now lastly you have the Denver Broncos now the Denver Broncos have a team that in my opinion probably is the second best team in this division but you don't have a quarterback, which is what's holding them back from being my second best team in the AFC West. You have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Now, I already made a video about this situation. I believe that Teddy Bridgewater gives them the best chance because Teddy Bridgewater is what Vic Vanjo probably wants out of his quarterback. A guy who's going to take care of the football, who's smart, and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Drew Locke, on the other hand, your offense has potential to be better under Drew Locke because he's the guy with the higher upside, the higher floor, but he's too reckless with the football. Now, Drew Locke has been doing a lot of off-season work with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has took him under his wing as his mentor, but is that going to be able to pay off? Because there were a handful of games last year that the Denver Broncos lost because of Drew Locke. So is Drew Locke going to improve going into his third year in the NFL? Now, you look at the offensive line. The offensive line is pretty good. The wide receiver position is absolutely stacked. You got Jerry Judy going into his second season. You're going to have Cortland Sutton coming back fully healthy after missing the majority of 2020 with a season-ending injury. You got Noah Fent, who I believe is going to end up being a pro bowler this year for the Denver Broncos. Then on top of that, you have one of the best defenses in the NFL heading into this year. The Broncos definitely should have a top in defense now you do have a couple of concerns at linebacker linebacker has been a weak point of that Broncos defense for over the last three years but if you're able to get that figured out then you should be in pretty good shape so overall what's going to decide how good 
Denver is, is going to be the quarterback position. Quarterback is going to determine if the Broncos sink or swim this upcoming season. So the team I feel has the best chance to compete with Kansas City is either the LA Chargers or or the Denver Broncos. Now, I'm not ruling out the Las Vegas Raiders because the Las Vegas Raiders do play can they they know Kansas City better than pretty much any other team in the NFL. But I simply don't trust John Gruden. I don't trust that coaching staff. I like Brandon Staley, what he has in the Chargers. He has a really good team there who I believe could end up being one of the biggest sleeper teams heading into this year. And I definitely like Denver. Even if you can't really get the quarterback situation figured out, like as long as Drew Locker Teddy Bridgewater don't turn the football over the Broncos definitely should be on the outside looking in of being able to compete for that last playoff spot so I like the Chargers I like the Broncos I think those are the two teams who could challenge Kansas City for the AFC West this year if I had to choose one out of those two I probably would take the LA Chargers because their offense is good enough to go touchdown for touchdown and point for point with Kansas City the question is what about the defense were Brandon Staley there he should be able to have that defense playing better this year than what it did last year which is why I think the Chargers probably have the best chance out of all the teams in the AFC West to be able to challenge Kansas City for this division in 2021. So the last thing I want to talk about I want to rank the 2020 NFL head coaching hires from worst to best. Now there were five head coaches last offseason who were hired. Now three of them well, yeah, three of them were hired in the NFC East alone. You had Mike McCarthy, who got hired by the Dallas Cowboys. You had Joe Judge, who was hired by the New York Giants. And you had Ron Rivera, who was hired by Washington. Then you had Kevin Stefanski, who got hired by Cleveland and Matt Rule. So I'm going to be ranking these guys from worst to best. So let me start off with number five, Mike McCarthy. The Dallas Cowboys finished 6-10 last year. And it was a really disappointing year. The defense was one of the worst defenses in NFL history. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They pretty much couldn't do anything. And their only bright spot was rookie cornerback at the time going into the second season now, Trayvon Diggs. That was their only bright spot on defense. Their linebacker position was a huge disappointment. Leighton Van Der Esch, we don't know if he can even stay healthy. You got Jalen Smith who had a down year. You also got Demarcus Lawrence, one of the highest pass rushers in the NFL who basically didn't do anything. So it was just an all-around disappointing year for Dallas. Now, Dak Prescott got injured on offense, which is why I cut Mike McCarthy some slack. But even then, Mike McCarthy is supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. Every good coach is able to win with their backup quarterback. If you can't win with your backup quarterback, then you're not that great of a head coach. So I look at Mark McCarthy. I think he was the worst hire from 2020 last offseason. Now, I definitely believe that he probably could get this thing turned around. You got Dak Prescott coming back. You have a team that should be a lot better defensively this season than what it was last year. So hopefully he can get it turned around this year. And he's definitely on the hot seat. I don't care if he needs more time. Like, he's definitely on the hot seat. Like, with all the talent that Dallas has the Dallas Cowboys should make it to the playoffs this year with no problems now at number four I have Matt Rule now Matt Rule started out um 
he started out with a lot of scrutiny. There were a lot of people who didn't really like the hire. A lot of people felt he was overrated in terms of what he did with that Baylor program, which I strongly disagree with a lot of people. When you look at Baylor, Baylor was a job that nobody wanted at all. When you look at all of the allegations and scandals that went around that program, that program was pretty much dead. And Matt Rule came and resurrected that thing from the dirt. And brought it back to relevancy. And we saw what happened once Matt Rule left and how bad Baylor was this past year. So you look at Matt Rule, this was a guy who had a lot of scrutiny going in. There were a lot of people who didn't really believe him. Then you see what he does in Carolina. Carolina was in a bunch of one possession games last year. And in a handful of those games, if you had a slightly better quarterback, that probably would be the difference between you finishing 5-11 and 11 and maybe finishing 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and backdooring your way into the playoffs with that last playoff spot. So for Matt Rule, he did a really good job with the Carolina Panthers last year because he got the most out of the young players on his roster, guys like Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, like... The Carolina Panthers were way more competitive last year than what their roster may indicate. Like, well, their roster wasn't all that great last year, but they were still way better than what their record may indicate. Like, you look at the Panthers last year, you say, JT, they finished 5-11. They weren't all that good. But if you actually watched all of the Carolina Panthers games last year, a bunch of those games were decided by seven points or less. So I look at Carolina, I think Matt Rule deserves to be the fourth best coach on this list, and he's the fourth best hire from 2020. Now we get to the top three. Now, this was really hard to decide. Now, at number three... I have Joe Judge. Joe Judge exceeded a lot of people's expectation in terms of what he was able to do with that New York Giants roster last year because that was a New York Giants team that a lot of people expected to have the worst record in the NFL. Many people felt they were going to go 4-12 and or 3-13. and Now, the biggest surprise was how good that defense was because that defense under Patrick Graham was phenomenal, and that defense definitely is probably going to be a top-10 unit this upcoming season. Now, offensively, you didn't really have that much. Daniel Jones was in and out due to injuries. Your star player and Saquon Barkley got his season cut short. And you didn't really have a lot of talent in that receiver. And your offensive line was one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line in all of the NFL last year. So for Joe Judge, he squeezed as much juice as he could out of that New York Giants roster. And many people may not remember this, but the New York Giants were actually competing for a spot in the playoffs all the way down to week 17. They had a chance to win the NFC East last year. So the fact that the Giants were in that playoff discussion and Joe Judge's first year, I think that Joe Judge deserves a lot of recognition for that. He did a phenomenal job with the New York Giants last year. When you think about how how bad that roster looked like on paper going in and what people were expecting out of New York. Like, the Giants didn't have high expectations. People expected this team to be the worst team in the NFL last year, and they ended up being really good, especially when they were able to pull off the upset of the year against the Seattle Seahawks. So Joe Judge is the third best coaching hire from 2020. Number two and number one are probably going to cause a lot of debate, but at number two, I have Kevin Stefanski. Now, Kevin Stefanski had the best record last year out of all the coaching hires. He went 11-5. and Now, Cleveland wasn't really that tough of a job. 
Okay, like any above average coach, any good coach could have done what Kevin Stefanski did with Cleveland. Not taking anything away, but if you had an above average coach, he probably could have did the same thing. Not taking anything away from Kevin Stefanski, but Kevin Stefanski probably had the best roster out of all the head coaches who got hired last offseason. You already had the team that had... The future at quarterback secure Baker Mayfield. You got Jarvis Landry. You got Odell. You got Austin Hooper. You had all these weapons. You had improved the offensive line throughout free agency and the draft. And that defense was pretty solid as well, led by one of the best defensive players in the NFL and Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward when he was able to stay healthy. Now, Kevin Stefanski did play in a really tough division because you do play in the AFC North. You got Cincinnati, who was competitive when Joe Burrow was healthy. You got Pittsburgh, who went to the playoffs, and you got Baltimore, who also went to the playoffs. So, Kevin Stefanski did a really great job with the Cleveland Browns. Like, even though he had the best roster situation out of any other head coach in high like he was brought in to change the direction will change the viewpoint of that Cleveland Browns franchise because the Cleveland Browns are always looked at as a dysfunctional organization so he had to go into an organization that had a bunch of dysfunction an organization that had a lot of turmoil in the front office and he was able to stabilize that as well as managing the personalities that he had on the roster because Cleveland has some of the biggest personalities in the NFL you got Odell you got Jarvis you got Baker like that's a lot of personalities that you have to manage and that's definitely not easy to do managing a bunch of these big egos and these big personalities as the first year head coach so Kevin Stefanski he was my second best coaching hire from 2020 number one I have Ron Rivera now Ron Rivera like Joe Judge didn't exhibit well didn't inhibit a great roster a lot of people felt Washington was going to go 4-12, 3-13. and 13. There were a lot of people that felt that Washington also was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. And I told people, I told people, I said, I expect Washington to go 7-9. And don't be surprised if you see this team competing for a playoff spot. Because Ron Rivera took over a team that may not have had a lot of talent offensively or may not have had a lot of talent as a whole. But you know one thing that Washington have? They had one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. You got Chase Young. You got the Alabama Twin Towers down there with Jonathan Allen and Payne. You got Montez Sweat. Like, you had a bunch of talent on that defensive line for Washington, and that's what Ron Rivera wants. He wants a team that is really good, really tough, and really gritty up front, especially when it comes to in the trenches on that defensive line, and that's what Ron Rivera received. Now, linebacker wasn't all that great for Washington, and the overall roster that Washington had wasn't great. Now, they finished second and nine, seven and nine, and they surprised a lot of people with how competitive they were in that wild card loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the biggest reason why I felt Ron Rivera was the best coaching hire from last year was because he went into a situation that was probably the worst in all the NFL. Like, I don't think there were too many head coaches out there that could have had the job and could have had the performance that Ron Rivera had with Washington. We look at everything that was going on. You have an owner that is one of the worst owners in the NFL. You had a bunch of dysfunctionality, a bunch of turmoil with a bunch of allegations and a bunch of, you know, weird things going on in the front office. Like, Ron Rivera took over a franchise that was in disarray. 
Okay, the owner from the management to the front office with all these things they had going on, extracurricular activities that had nothing to do with football. And Ron Rivera took this franchise, stabilized it, and got it to the playoffs. Like Washington was an absolute mess. You look at what Jay Gruden left that team in. Like that was an absolute mess. You had the whole Dwayne Haskins fiasco when he had time to, you know, mess with strippers but he ain't have time to learn a playbook. He was too worried about his Rolex and things like that. And on top of that, he also was battling cancer. So Ron Rivera had a bunch of obstacles that he had to occur. On top of that, not having a really good offense, not having an overall great roster, and yet he was still able to get Washington to the playoffs in his first year as their head coach. Like, I think Ron Rivera may have had one of the best seasons for a head coach going to a new team that we've seen in a very long time and a lot of you guys may be like well JT they finished 7-9 but forget the record you got to really look deep into the situation that Ron Rivera took over like this was a franchise that was pretty much a dumpster fire and he saved it well I wouldn't say saved it but you know he brought it up from the ashes like there was a bunch of turmoil turmoil a bunch of tumultuous things that was going on with this team. You had the name change. They changed their name. Like, there was so much stuff that Ron Rivera had to, you know, go through and endure and change. Ron Rivera basically wasn't just brought in to turn around this football team. He was brought in to turn around a team that had a culture, a really toxic and, you know, awful culture. With everything that came out last offseason about Jay Gruden and Dan Snyder, like Ron Rivera, for what he was able to do and all that mess, it's impressive. And I can understand if you Cleveland Browns fans feel like Kevin Stefanski should be number one because he also took over a dysfunctional franchise as well. But Cleveland's didn't have anywhere close to how dysfunctional Washington's whole entire franchise was harassment um allegations bunch of weird things going on between john dan snyder and whatnot like there was a bunch of crazy things and ron rivera was able to you know calm the storm per se so i definitely think ron rivera was the best head coach and hire from 2020 last offseason so This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you guys go ahead, like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Remember that this will be available on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. And yes, I will be in more, I will be trying to be more consistent with this JT Sports Podcast thing because I know I did a pretty good job, but then I kind of you know, forgot about it like in November. So I'm going to be trying to be more consistent with getting everything up on those podcasts and platforms. But thanks for watching and take care.